Hey guys, this is episode number 57 of Slow Gab with Ash and Jazz. And I guess that's Ash. <laughs> Let me stop. Yep. I hope by now they know our voices. But... For real. But just in case if you just tuned in just now, yeah, you'll definitely get get used to distinguishing between the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, typically before we even start the show, we always prompt each other as far as, um, you know, just giving us a, a quick rundown, a hello before we even get started with the episode. And tonight I shared with Ash that... Um, like discuss a topic that we kind of like danced around before in a multitude or a series of of topics and that's just worry dealing with worry and um trying to figure out you know what does that mean to you and uh how does that relate to spirituality and stuff like that and there's so many like it's just so many ideas that can encompass that but um, I figure why not talk about that, uh, especially on this day, uh, right, the Friday right before uh, the holidays and such. Because as much as all of us want to be in that happy spirit of Christmas, somewhere out there somebody is worried about something. Yep. Whatever it is, whether that's their finances. Um, Gatherings. Ga- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Whatever it might be. Exactly. So, let's see. So, ask, not to put you on the spot or anything like that, but what is your definition of worry? I think just, like, freaking out over something that's yet to come. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, It's so funny because back when I was teaching uh, radiation therapy on to some of the college students, they, you know, I would ask them, you know, what, you know, what, what, what did worry mean to you and how does it relate to like our whole topic as far as stress goes? And one of the students was just like, I think worry is like, it's just like a feeling of uh, being stressed out over a situation that doesn't exist. Right. And I was just like, wow, okay. I was like, yeah, that's that's one way of looking at it. Um, to, but to put it in terms of uh, the actual definition, according to the Webster Dictionary, worry is an adjective and is anxious or troubled about actual or potential problems. So it is a cross between the both. You got the imaginary and you got the real factual problems that exist. So now, on a very spiritual level, how do we deal with that shit? You know what I mean? Um, So I'm sure all of us at some point had worried ourselves to death, almost to the point of just emotional and physical exhaustion about a particular problem. Um, And I'm sure there's some people out there that are chronic worriers as well. Now, Ash, do you consider yourself a chronic worrier? Like, um, I mean, maybe so in the past, but I think I've gotten a lot better about not necessarily. Like, I think it goes hand in hand with like overthinking, yeah, and kind of like just overanalyzing things. I mean, I definitely did so more so in the past, but I think lately it has kind of died down a lot, and I think that just comes from experience. Yeah, and as cliche as that comes, it's like. 
just like with intuition or anything, I honestly think it just kind of happens with experience. Like the more I go through shit, I'm like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Or it wasn't like as much as I made it out to be. That is interesting because you brought up about uh, the concept of overthinking. Like how how were you able to overcome that in your journey? Um, I think it was just I don't I don't really know. I think that eventually just like from experience again, it's just as you kind of go through life and go through different moments in time, it's like you kind of realize what's the point of overthinking. It's better just to start not not wasting time overthinking things. Now, did this this just occur like an epiphany or was it something that, was that like a a catalyst from an event? Like how that that one? I can't think of one catalyst. I think it was just kind of over time. It just, and I guess for me, it's like, I, I don't overthink a lot, but I, I know that I did at one point. So it's kind of like, I don't know what the exact catalyst or what the exact moment was, but I think it depends on the circumstance too. Cause like for me, obviously doing a random podcast every day or posting whenever I feel called to post, like I don't really overthink with that kind of thing, but I think with bigger life decisions, I might overthink. Well, I mean, is it normal to say that perhaps maybe it's not, it's not the act of overthinking. It's more like mentally distinguishing the pros and cons of that situation. Probably. Probably. Because, um, man, I I always feel like, like overthinking is just so subjective upon across the board because like one's perception of overthinking can be another person's perspective of kind of like making a pros and cons Mountain list of, of yeah so I don't know yeah I, I just think it, it's just a matter of you know how much are we doing it to the point where it's wearing down our emotional health I think it's like a good 24 hour rule like if I'm if I'm really like going all in like if I spend more than 24 hours which is really like I said bigger life decisions because like instant stuff like little things like posting something or texting someone or what I'm going to say on this podcast or my other show it's like that's more instantaneous but yeah I think like for me it's usually 24 hours like if I can't make a yes or no decision or if I'm heading and hawing for something over 24 hours then I'm like okay you just got to figure it out because after 24 hours it's kind of like that that for me is like my personal rule like don't don't keep thinking about it after 24 hours more so with like big life decisions oh that's a good that's actually a good tip then yeah because then that at least it puts like it puts a a timestamp. yeah yeah it does and like I said that should not be for like little things like oh what do I want to eat for breakfast or oh do I want to post this or how what do I want to say on blah 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 or what am I going to say in this meeting or what am I going to say to this person or what am I going to buy for dinner like yep. those little things like those should not take 24 hours exactly but more like big things like oh what kind of car do you want or I don't know like budgeting or like bigger things like getting a new job or starting a new project like those types of things are like breaking up or relationship like those types of the, are the things that I think like bigger life-altering decisions Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if you think about it, too, if it doesn't have that limitation or that, like, as you mentioned, uh, which is a great tip as far as giving it a 24-hour, you know, time frame, as time goes on and we keep thinking about the situation, the worries just 
like amplify coming yeah yeah which doesn't really do anything to the situation except just put you in a very vulnerable uh space which are which are mind and which is like the worst place to be because then you're just like you're just dragged into so much fear um panic in fact i had this one student um back when I was teaching uh, therapy that she literally sat through my class and we hadn't gotten through the first month of the program. And, you know, I'm doing the whole breakdown, you know, what to expect, you know, the next couple months, like what, what do I expect as a professor? And she literally like was panicking. Yeah. Because she's wondering, like, wow, did I make the right decision? Oh, my God. I, am I going to be able to find a job when I leave this school? And I was just like, whoa. She got so bad to the point where she had to be medicated. Like, and that's serious. Like, but these are, yeah. like, but these are things that make me question. Uh, how much of that emphasis are you putting into weighing the pros and cons of making decisions for yourself as a person? And what's really a priority in your in your mental space where you're coming up with these decisions that you're making yourself vulnerable to making yourself sick and unfortunately yeah she had to get medicated severely like hardcore and um yeah. it was pretty sad but um but yeah I mean for anybody to get into that whole overwhelming space yeah that that's it's rough and, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, I can just imagine. Um, well, another good rule of thumb too, but this is something that I definitely have learned, and I know we've talked about it. It kind of goes into the old intuition thing, but yeah, even for me, like thinking about like my early twenties or like even like late twenties, like now I don't ask anyone's permission, and this is like a big thing, or like even not even permission, but like getting outside people's advice or insight like I'm not saying don't ask for advice like obviously you seek advice when you need to or seek like other people's help or wisdom but I think that there's a big thing that happens when you're trying to make a decision is don't ask everyone around you like yeah ask them but then come back to yourself and that's something that I've definitely amplified or made stronger for myself of like not asking everyone like I'll ask a very small select group of people right and it even kind of goes into like the whole conversation that we've had previously about not making announcements just doing the damn thing yeah like I don't necessarily like that's the one thing I've definitely gotten better at from my 20s not like I've never made announcements but just not asking people's advice yeah because this is like the first year like outside of like a very small group which is you and then like maybe Brian and Tom like a very small group of people that I actually trust and like value their opinion like I don't really I'm not in the position that I've been where I have like a mentor or someone like advising me on different things or and there's nothing wrong with that but like I'm just in that position now where I'm not really seeking I'm not outwardly looking for other people's insight or wisdom into my personal choices I'm just kind of living by the seat of my pants if you will and just doing what makes my heart sing and what makes me feel good and I think that makes it so easier to to maneuver and make choices for yourself because I think the hang-up with anything like big or small is when you start getting all the people involved yeah like when you start involving and I'm not saying like don't like yes if you have a best friend or a family member like involve them when necessary 
especially if it might impact them. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. And sometimes that might mean pissing someone off or offending someone or someone like being like, oh, I'm going to tell you I told you so in a year or I'm going to tell you I told you so in like six months. But I think it just comes down to really staying true to yourself. And that's the one thing that I can definitely attest to helping me just like not going into that overthinking place or like worrying. I just, I feel like worrying kind of goes hand in hand with overthinking. And for me, it's like, yeah, once I stopped like looking for everyone else around me, because obviously I know that we've talked about people pleasing. Yeah. Like, I think it kind of goes in line with that. It's like, you want to please everybody around you. Like, I want to make my family happy. I want to make friends happy. I want to make the world happy. But then you have to make yourself happy. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there's a strong message behind that, too. Because I remember, like, growing up, especially as a younger adult in my early 20s, I remember wanting to, like, please my parents, you know, to make them feel like, you know, I accomplished something and stuff like that. And while that's all great and dandy, because most of us do, but then we're always going to come to a point where we're just going to crash and burn. And yep. it took me a while to realize, like, that shit is normal. There's nothing wrong with fucking up. And it took me so long <laughs> to realize that that for you to, towards your path to greatness, you have to accept the reality that you will fuck up. Regardless. Yep. Yeah. There is no, like, perfection no perfection yeah Yeah. and it's really not and uh once I came to that (laughs) go ahead no no but once I came to that Uh, whole realization it it just made it so damn clear yeah I completely agree and I just I don't know why I'm just like thinking of this um but family like I think I mean I can't speak for everyone because I know everyone has a different relationship with their family and everyone's got a different set of parents or a different upbringing but the thing that's so interesting to me and kind of hearing you talk about like your early 20s and wanting to please them it's so funny how now I've kind of I I mean I knew this like somewhere deep inside but I didn't really fully grasp it until my 30s and that is at the end of the day like my parents I'm just going to talk about my parents like my parents ultimately just want me to be healthy and happy yeah like they don't care what I'm doing like that's why it's so interesting because it's like I don't know, like, sometimes things I talk about are some things that I'm excited about. Like, I used to always tell them everything that I was working on, like, all my various projects or blogs or everything or getting them involved in different things. And now it's not that I don't want to share, but I just choose not to because I guess, like, it's just something that I know there's going to be certain things that they're not going to completely understand or get. Yeah. And that's okay. But the end, the end all be all is... I know they're proud of me and I know they're happy because I'm happy. I'm in a good place. Like my relationship with them has changed and gotten so much better in the last year. And it's because like, I know that that's ultimately what they want for me. They just want me to be healthy and happy. And to them, like that might mean a different thing. Like they might think, Oh, a job is how you stay happy or, Oh, we just want you to have a good career. What you should have a good, good education. And I'm so grateful they paid for my undergrad, but it's like, I kind of finally accepted that, you know what, like, I might not necessarily tell them everything, like, eventually, it'll kind of prove itself out. Like, if, if my podcasting career expands, or if things grow, or if I start a new endeavor, like, 
it's kind of like the whole announcement thing. Like, I'll just let it kind of speak for itself yeah. rather than trying to like, explain, well, this is why I'm doing a podcast or this is why I'm doing a blog or this is why I'm doing this kind of new endeavor. This is why I'm trying this new thing. Cause before like, and that's just like generational too. It's like, yep. I remember, I think it was like my 30th or my 29th birthday. And I told them how I had all these big aspirations and like talking about like everything that I was doing. And they, they were like, they just don't understand it and that's not their fault it's like they don't understand the way the like they didn't grow up with the internet the way that we are yeah where it's like oh anyone can be like insta famous and that's not even what I'm looking to do but it's like to them they see it more as like frivolous or like such a pie in the sky like oh you'll that's like celebrity or like all this Instagram stuff or like the whole internet stuff it's like they didn't grow up with that so they don't think that's like the normal path or that's not a possibility for a lot of people which yeah it is but it requires work and yeah I just I kind of had that realization where it's like where I don't want to speak for everyone but I kind of I have a feeling that most people's parents just want you to be healthy and happy dude I didn't learn that until a couple of years ago the okay so time, I'm not that yeah, far behind no but the whole time I kept thinking like <laughs> shit this is what they need me to be. This is how I need yes. to be. And, and I'm doing all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this next. And I'm going to grad school next and, and stuff like that. Now, yeah. Needless to say, I, I dropped out of grad school. But, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's my that's my own story and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and it, it, it put me in the position where I was like, you know what? Let me just ask them one day. Like, why am I assuming that this yeah. is something that they want for me. How do I know? Or am I just going based off of what Ideas I'm thinking? in your head. <laughs> yeah. Like these made like up even things. What they've had like conversations, like random conversations around the dinner table. Like, oh, yeah, like it's great when you get married and you have a house and you get like a good education. But it's like, that's just talk. Like it's not necessarily like what they ultimately want exactly. for you. Yeah. yeah, there's certain things that, like, you do do. Like, I know my parents desperately wanted me to go to college, so I did because they paid for it, and that was that was my kind of, like, I just went ahead and did it because that's what they wanted. Exactly. It's just, it's so funny nowadays, but, but yeah, but I remember, like, sitting down with them, like, you know, very serious. And I said, you know, what is it that you guys really want me to do? Like, I'm just curious <laughs> to see, like, what's your point of view? Uh, and, I, and I told him flat out, and I said, it's not what, what you think, because this is my this is my life, and I get to make choices and stuff like that as an adult. Yeah. But I'm curious to see, at the, what at the end of the day, what is it that you expect from me at this age? Yeah. And they flat out told me, like, as long as you're happy doing what you're doing, and you make enough to Make a survive. living. <laughs> That's all I'm worried about. That's it. And I was yeah. like, damn, is that simple, really? And they're like, yeah. yeah. And it's so crazy how it's just so simplistic. Exactly. So I'm so curious about other people out there, like, especially our generation. Like, do they yeah, do they feel the same way? Like if they have that relationship with their with their family, especially their parents, like, is it the same point of view? Because it's definitely I, I, I truly think it's definitely generational. It's definitely uh a matter of upbringing and stuff like that and what's priorities and what's not. Yeah. But I feel, yeah, but I feel the same way across the board. Uh, if you just truly ask them, they, they're probably going to give you the same similar. Something similar, yeah. yeah. 
but and that's the other that's just so crazy and like I know like they're so proud of me because I've never asked them for money like ever since I left home like at 22 23 like I've never asked them for a cent and they're always like they always mention that or they always kind of somehow bring that up of like oh we're so proud of you because sometimes my mom will talk about this other mom that she knows and her like the kid is like living at home or whatever yeah like doesn't have doesn't have a job like is making no money for himself and he lives at home and he's not really doing anything to make money or to like contribute to the household and he's like older than me so I don't know it's just it's interesting how like they always kind of bring that up or they mention that I'm like, Oh, well, I would never think to ask you for money. Like it never, it, it's never even in my ether. Yes. Like somehow not like, me either. Yeah. Like somehow the last like, gosh, like 10 or 11 years since that time, even when I fell on hard times, like it never crossed my mind to go to them. You know, so funny for, too, like for help. Me either. Like I, like I've been working since I was 15 years old and I've always been that type that's been not a workaholic per se, but I guess you could say that. Like I've always, like hell, I work on my birthday for crying out loud. <laughs> but anyways, but um, but I've never asked my I've never asked my parents for help, especially when it comes to monetary stuff. And it's not to say that like I'm proud and shit. Like I got my shit together. No, it's it's a thing of responsibility. And what's, yeah, it's just responsibility. Yeah, it's it's like a priority. Like I don't I don't need it's a whole independency too, uh, frame of mind. Yeah. Where like I appreciate it. I'm not gonna say that I don't, you know, I'm very humbled every time they you know, they come to me and they're just like, Are you sure, Jazz? You're okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Like it's no oh, big yeah. deal. Like, I mean but but yeah, but I guess uh yeah, I mean that is the reality out there. You know, you do have uh, you know, our generation millennials who are, you know, unfortunately <laughs> dependent on the system or they dependent on their family to get by. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's on them. Like, that's their... Yeah, it's, everyone's different. Yeah. And to each their own. Definitely. But, but I could just imagine... I also... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, thinking out loud of, like, coming into the holiday season, I know that that always very much humbles me because what we were just talking about now about how I've never asked, like we've never asked them for money or support or anything, but then I'm always so blown away and just so grateful by everything they do spend time doing on Christmas. Yeah. Because they like go above and beyond. Like my mom is like, (laughs) (laughs) like above and beyond. Like it's always overkill, like over, over, like, over what I would ever ask for and I'm always so grateful but I'm like mom you don't have to get me all this or you don't have to do all this or like make this big meal or like do all this fancy stuff and it's like yeah that's really humbling and if anything it could just makes me even more grateful yeah and just like little things like there's so much detail in the whole thing I know it's because it's like how they were raised because my grandparents always made a big tada like they had a whole smorgasbord like the Swedish smorgasbord and everything wow and then my my dad's (laughs) Italian so that was like a whole nother holiday like we do Christmas Eve with the grandparents at my mom's side big Swedish Norwegian festival like smorgasbord like like, (laughs) I don't know like 20 people like a whole long table of all this fair like all this feast and we had like 20 different kinds of cookies it was like outlandish and then, like, the next day, it was, like, the Italian side, and that was outlandish as well. And it's just, like, 
gosh, like every time I'm just like, you don't have to do this. And like, they'll text me. They'll be like, we're going to that Kirschbaum bakery. What kind of cookies <laughs> do you What kind of cookies do you want? Oh, Dan has got to go and get all these logs because we know you're going to want a fire in the fireplace. So I'm like, I love traditions, bro. Yeah, traditions are the bomb. And it's just, yeah, it's just always amazing. Like, it's just remarkable because that's like the one time that I really let them like spoil me if you will yeah because I guess like you can't say no it's like you have to let it happen and it's just always mind-blowing how much detail and tradition and care and love really goes into it yeah uh, our parents they grew up in the same generation so so yes I I noticed it too like my mom she's very much involved in the whole Christmas tradition like the other day she's like Jazz do you know what you're going to prepare for like christmas eve dinner i was just like dude like i'm not even thinking about that i just came out of work and she's like because you know i'm the only like i'm the only vegetarian my sister she's like a flexitarian so she so dump vegetarian she's like me yeah you know so <laughs> flexitarian exactly so depending on her mood she's just like ah, I'll, I'll do meat some other day i'll do all veggies today i'm like all right cool like so this is gonna be her first christmas like vegetarian with me and Mm-hmm. <laughs> my mom she's just like Jazz do you know what you're going to prepare and I'm like dude I don't even know like I'm not even worried about it and she's like she's like well you know that you got Christmas Eve is coming up next week I'm like yeah I know and she's like she's like oh okay because I got the drinks already prepared and I'm like well damn girl like slow down <laughs> so so yeah so it, it yeah it's definitely that's the one thing I appreciate the the older generation is that they uphold the tradition and value of not just Christmas, but just the holiday spirit. And I the think holiday spirit togetherness. Yeah, I think that's so profounding because in the age of you know social media and technology, it's like we lose a little bit every day, and uh, it's kind of like that disconnect. And I'm not saying that it's like totally like gone; it's like obliterated. But you could. You could definitely feel it, especially as an empath. And I'm sure you feel it, especially on yeah. this holiday season. So, so yeah. So, um, but God, yeah. <laughs> I just thought about all this food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all the food. My mom is so funny, too. She's got, like, four bags of Brussels sprouts. She's like, you think four bags is enough? Bruh, four bags? Oh, my <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> and we're a family of five, but... That's awesome, though. And it's like, it's got to be like, there's got to be enough leftovers. And she wants to send some home with me because she always sends me and my sister back with meals. It's just like a lot. That is so cool, though. <laughs> and I still got a stocking. I'm so pumped for my stocking. Oh, my Dude. I mean, we all know Santa's not real, but. <laughs> that, you know, here's the thing about the whole Santa thing. Like, I know, like, yeah. you, you got a couple of Grinches out there that are like, you know, Santa's not real. Yeah, I get it. But, dude, like, come on. Like, keep it. Keep the holiday innocent. Keep it. <laughs> Don't yeah, worry. Keep it. that spirit alive. Seriously, I could care less about the whole background of it. I know the background of Santa and the whole bunch of, like, theories behind it. Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly, I really hate, like, entertaining conversations like that. Because it's already, like, negative already so yeah. I was just like come on like just I... keep the spirit alive yeah I don't want to be in that space I leave my we leave cookies out for Santa we leave almond milk and we leave carrots for the reindeer. <laughs> there you go 
It, it is well, it so- depends on what my mom has in the house. If it's going to be soy or almond milk, because she doesn't drink us. We don't really fuck with cow milk. So that's good. I try to get my parents out <laughs> of that. All- yeah, they're really on that. Like, well, actually, my brother has made everyone like really healthy. Like, he's been really on his game. And then my dad has like always been a runner, and he's like always going to the gym, working out. So pretty healthy yeah like my dad like, then we do indulge with some sweets my dad he's open-minded to it and like he don't care but like my mom she's like really a milk drinker <laughs> and i'm just like i'm so over it already i'm just like dude stop just stop drinking yeah it. i can't even drink it now it's like if i ever accidentally like because sometimes if you accidentally get it in like an outdoor coffee like I'm just like, wow, this tastes really off. Like, I can tell right away. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I'm never, like, a bitch about it because I'm like, I'm not going to go tell the barista or tell the restaurant, oh, this is cow's milk. Like, I'll just not drink it. But it's like, yeah, I can tell right away because now I'm so accustomed to drinking almond milk. I mean, I used to do soy milk, but now I'm all about the almond milk. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all over the almond milk. Even coconut milk. That's my favorite. Coconut milk is pretty good, too. I haven't given coconut milk enough of a shot. Like, I need to try it more. Yeah, give it a shot. Especially in the summer. Oh, yeah. Especially during the... I I really enjoy, like, green tea with a little coconut milk. Ooh, you know, I never tried that before. I gotta try that. That's a bomb. Wow. Damn, I didn't even give that or a like thought. An iced, or, like, an iced matcha. Like, that's my favorite. Like, iced matcha with coconut milk. Oh, wow. That sounds good. That's, like, my summertime drink. I'm talking about summer <laughs> in the dead of winter. On oh, the first day of winter, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you my favorite summertime drink. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, and then the other really great thing about the holidays, speaking of drinks, is uh, the cramp. My mom always makes ice cubes and she puts cranberries in them. What? Yeah. Oh, man, I got to do that. I'll take a picture. Yeah, I gotta do that. It's so cool. It's like there's little cranberries inside of the ice cubes. And then you can add it to like a drink, like if you're having a mixed drink or like whatever. Damn, I need to get all that, dude. (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, it sounds like it. Speaking of, I'm so mad, Jazz. Like, I'm I'm gonna have to get you another gift because the gift that I really wanted to get you I was, like, so over the moon about it. And then it was pulled out. Stop. No, don't do I'm that. Not even, I'm not even playing. So I had to get you the second best thing. But I'm like, well, this is kind of cool because it kind of is in line with what I was going to get you there originally. Not really, but somewhat. Yeah. But then I swear, like, I had it in my cart. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it in a time. And then I go on and it's sold out. Dude, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, over I here. I'm just like you. I'm like damn. This girl got me these gifts. I'm like I'm ex- like stoked and everything. And I'm just like damn. She did a lot. <laughs> I didn't do that much. Yeah, but like okay. Here's the thing. Like I've always been the giver, so I'm learning how to receive this year. Yeah, it's no, so I'm hard. the same. Yeah, so I'm the hard. same. I mean, the only time I have like the only time I have that happen is with family. Like I'm, I feel comfortable enough to receive from family, even though it's still kind of wonky for me because I just don't like taking stuff. Yeah, or like I have a hard time receiving, but I definitely have a hard time receiving from friends. So like, 
when I opened my mailbox and got that beautiful card, I'm like, this is a really thick card. <laughs> I wonder what's inside. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just going to hide it away and I'll open it on Christmas Day. Yeah. Because I, I have a hard time, but like, I love overgiving. Like, I actually got my sister another present. I brought it to her on Wednesday, which is why we had to, like, not do the podcast on Wednesday. Yeah. Because I got another gift for her. Like, I already bought her a Christmas tree because she just changed apartments. I'm like, I want to get her a new Christmas tree for her bigger place. And that was, like, over the top. She's like, oh, you shouldn't have. Like, that's too much. And then I surprised her. I got her this really beautiful blanket. And it's one of those, like, really thick, like, knitted blankets, if you've seen those. I think I have. Yeah, it sounds it's kind of like a it's kind of like a weighted blanket, but then it's really pretty hand knit, and so I I got that, and it came on Wednesday. I'm like, oh, I have to go take it to her because I asked my mom like, should I wait for Christmas or should I just go deliver it to her? And she's like, well, if you have time, I would just go deliver it. I'm like, okay, so I go over deliver it, and she was like over the over like overwhelmed with joy, and I'm like, oh yeah, but I still have another gift for the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> And then I ended up getting my brother another gift because I'm like, well, I already got him one gift, but then I'm like, I have to get him something else to like because I like to be even Stephen with my siblings. Yeah. So I'm like, got to get him something else. So then I ask my mom, she tells me something. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get him the most expensive one. Oh <laughs> I was God. like, what do you? And so I go on Amazon. I'm like, yeah, I'll get him the most expensive. He wanted a gaming mouse, and I'm like, okay, I'll get him the most expensive gaming mouse, and then. <laughs> dude like i just like giving stuff and like i want to get you and then i sent brian stuff oh wow that's so cool of you <laughs> i need to get i need to get tom's address like i i was like oh shit i don't have tom's address because we had brian's address from when we gave him that spotify winning yeah so i sent him all these packages and he, <laughs> that's why i was laughing the other day when i saw <laughs> both of your i saw both of your doorstops <laughs> i'm like oh there's Jeff's house. Oh, there's Brian's place. Dude, you have to tell the <laughs> listeners about that. So, okay. Okay, so Amazon. Amazon now, like, I do Amazon Prime because I wanted to, to get there by Christmas. So I found stuff on Amazon Prime. Like, okay, this is perfect. And then now Amazon shows you, like, when they deliver it, they don't just say delivered with the tracking number. Now they literally take a picture of where they drop the package off. So I see a picture of Jazz's door. <laughs> and I was at lunch or I was at lunch or something and I'm like, oh shit, Jazz's package got delivered. So I take a picture of her door and I send it to her. I'm like, bruh, you got a package. <laughs> and then the same thing happened with Brian. There's like a uh, package on Brian's door. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna tell him, I'm just gonna wait and see. That reminds me of that meme that's going around all over social media about it's like a crime. Yeah, it's like a conversation, I wanna say. And Damn, I wish I could look for it, but it's Amazon pretty much, like, literally in your house, like, delivering the package. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny, but I was just like, what are they talking about? But then when you sent me that, that picture, I was like, I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> Were you, like, taken aback? I was like, I wonder what she's going to think, because I literally sent you a picture of your front door. <laughs> you know, dude, I, you know, at first. You're like, stalker? stalker much like i'm going on google maps getting a picture of your door well at first i was just like wow amazon is doing that like i didn't know it was like that no but apparently yeah apparently it does but that makes sense though it does i mean alexa already tells me everything else i want to know although now alexa's hiding out because like she when whenever a package gets delivered whether it's to you or my sister or my brother or like 
Brian or whoever or even me, the whole month of December, Alexa's doing this game where she's like, I'm not going to divulge too much information during the holiday season in case like someone's in the room with you so they don't hear your surprise gift. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know Alexa was that courteous. <laughs> she's, she's that courteous. She's like, yeah, for the month of December, I'm not telling you what the contents of the package is, just in case to not ruin the surprise. I'm like, oh, thanks, Alexa. So now she just tells me this package is en route to the destination. This package was delivered. Go to Amazon to see the picture. <laughs> wow. So it's like that, huh? Yeah, now it's like that. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I tell you, technology, yeah. bro. I'm like, I'm waiting though. I have an alert so I get notified when this item is back in stock so I can send it to you. <laughs> Dude, and, and you know what's so funny? Like, nothing's going to stop you. That's the most hilarious part about it. Yeah, nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I know I could totally relate, dude. It's just, that was probably one of the biggest lessons for me this year is learning how to receive, hmm. especially as a giver. I've always yeah. been a giver. Like anything is that I don't expect anything to return. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way. I'm like, <coughs> I don't care what you have, I don't care what you're gonna get me. I don't care if you're gonna remember my birthday. Like I don't care if my sister gets me the same price, like whatever. Like I'm not thinking about that. I'm just getting stuff that makes me happy to then get the other per- I like I live for the person's uh reaction. Yeah. That's it. Like I'm so pumped. I like I finally wrapped my dad's gift and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for all these gifts to be open so I can see what their reaction is. Yeah. Me too. It's like <laughs> and the thing is, is that what's funny too is that I'm the type of person like I literally have everybody that's like close to me who knows me, who has my phone number and stuff like that, and we talk on a on and off occasion. What's funny is that like I have their birthdays like attached on the contacts like you know like yeah. some people have like okay like maybe their name at best or their number i want those right. people that have like their email address and their birthday like all the info yeah but that's just me like uh, it's and it's stuff like that where like i know like on facebook like you know you have the reminders like oh it's such and such birthday like that kind of thing yeah. like wish them a happy birthday whereas me like i feel like it's more personable for for me not to post happy birthday like the cliche the cliche like yeah. happy birthday note on Facebook I would rather like text the person and let them know hey oh I agree <laughs> like happy birthday yeah you know? yeah but I mean the only time I ever use it is if I didn't have their number and I have no choice but to post on social yeah, media that's the only way that I can like I'm still gonna wish them a happy birthday and then it just means to me like if I don't have your number then you're probably not that close to me yeah exactly so it's just. For me, it's just it's just more personable and stuff like that, and yeah. it's it's the same way as like writing a letter too. Like I still write letters. Oh yeah, boy, do I still oh, I write love letters. letters. I love letters. Did you like how bad my handwriting was? I got so embarrassed. I saw that and I was just like, I was laughing because I was because I was saying to myself, I was like, I was like, yo, this is like my sister's handwriting. <laughs> like, <laughs> took the picture I'm like I mean I didn't care but I was laughing to myself I'm like damn my handwriting's bad I don't think it's his thing like for me I don't think it's bad like I know I'm that type of person to be like like yo somebody's handwriting is atrocious <laughs> he's, and here's the thing like I work with doctors like 
practically yeah. all the better half of life that yeah. I see their handwriting. I'm like, shit, that's atrocious. But oh, I know. But yeah, like it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't bother me. <laughs> it didn't bother me. Yeah. No, that's just my own stuff. Like I'm just thinking out loud. I'm like, damn. Because the honest truth is, like, I don't write that much. Yeah. And if I'm writing like a journal, it's like it's just for my own eyes. And then like a lot of the times, like most of my stuff is done on my phone. So it's like I'm not writing like freehand all that much. So when I actually go to write like for someone else, I'm like, get it right, get it right. (laughs) I forget how to do cursive. Like half the time, like, oh shit, I forget how to do cursive. So if I ever start writing in cursive, I have to switch over real quick because I forget cursive. Dude, okay, so here's my thing about that. Like, they took away cursive out of schools, so they're not teaching it anymore. Yeah. I don't know when they started that, but I remember... uh, I learned it. No, I forgot it, but... Dude, thank God I I, I mean, I learned it, and it still still wet me, but when I heard that news, I was just like, wow, we're really not... We're not showing this generation how to write cursive? And they were like, oh, it's not needed. I'm just like... Yeah, it's not. Like I get it, but I'm just like, come on, like, <laughs> can we like, can we pass down some tradition? Like, I don't know. Right. This is weird. Yeah, I totally forget cursive. <laughs> this is so funny. Like when I heard that, I was just like, no way. I can't believe that. What 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 grade did they teach it to us? Well, I, when I went to school back home in New York, we were learning it back in, in third grade. Okay. Yeah, I think it was third grade. It was with my friendly teacher, Mrs. Sandy Sandvig. Yeah, my my third grade teacher was Miss Penny. And I'll never forget it. She had when I first started writing cursive, I was five years old, but that was because I wanted to learn. And yeah. my mom was just like, You wanna learn how to write cursive? I was like, it just <laughs> looks like fun. I wanna learn it. So what I was doing was I was like literally Look at my mom's signature, and I would copy. Kind of, yeah, like copy, copy what she wrote down. So my brother, he came in, and he was just like, he saw me, and he's like, he's like, oh shit, mom, she's gonna get ready to forge your signature on everything. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just learning person. Yeah, seriously, like I wasn't even thinking that far, but yeah, but it. From that point on, yeah, like, and then when we started, when I went to school, and it was part of the curriculum, um, yeah, I had so much fun. I had a blast, like, you know, being able to write every letter, cursive style. Yeah. Even the the weird uh, Q letter. Like, you ever seen the Q letters in cursive? It's like the number two. Yeah. Dude, like, that tripped me up so hard. <laughs> I was just like, no way. That's not... That can't be really. That's like, a letter. Yeah, they're like, but it looks like a number two. They're like, yeah, that's how you write I it. I know. Oh my gosh, good times. Damn, cursive. That takes me back. It really does. Hey, there's a shit. There's an app for it. There is. Yeah, so I'm gonna start texting you in cursive. Cool. <laughs> Get out. Really? You can do that? I'm not even playing. Yeah. I'm gonna look this up now. I'm going to teach myself how to write cursive again by doing it in an app. Dude, that's so, like, freaking weird. Like, I don't even know. I I can't, I don't even know what to think about it. (laughs) Well, and of course, I mean, we're in the modern world. Yeah, but it's just, yeah. 
So Lucy is so fussy tonight. I don't know why. She wants attention. Always. Oh, I know what it is. She wants to go grab something to eat. <laughs> Ow. That's like her favorite thing to do like at nights. <laughs> she loves to eat. It's weird. Anyways. <laughs> back to our whole conversation. Well, she's like me. I mean, I haven't had my dinner yet. So I'm going to have my... She's like a late night dinner person. Yeah, she is. For sure. Like, I, I'm literally coming to work. And it's like 6 o'clock. And she hasn't eaten all day. And she waits until like 7 o'clock. And then she's like munching. All you hear is her yeah. like crunching on her dog food. And I'm just like, dude, like, <laughs> lower it a little bit. She's like, crunch, 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 crunch. And I'm like, wow. She's really going hard in her food. <laughs> but yeah, but it's, well, yeah, it's her one meal a day. It's her uh, intermittent fasting. She literally, yeah, she literally does the whole intermittent fasting. So there's a theory that perhaps maybe she waits until I get home to eat. And yeah, to me, I feel like I don't think she waits. I just think that's how she is because my other dog, Lucas, he was uh, he was definitely like that. He was a night eater, you know? He would get up in yeah. the middle of the night. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. And all I see is him like going to his food and eating. I was like, you're such a weirdo. Really? But she does the same thing too. Or I'm just like, I don't even know what to think. It, it, she just, as long as she has a clean bowl of water and her food is there. and She's happy. Yeah. Uh, that's really all I worry about. So. <laughs> the main thing is she eats. Yeah, that's my that's my only thing. Like as long as she's eating and she's not like severely malnourished, then I'm really not worried about it. We still gotta do a whole episode talking about intermittent fasting and how breakfast is a lie. We should do that tomorrow then. Yeah, we should. Yeah, so we'll touch base on that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting concept. Cause literally, no joke, that's like I haven't eaten all day. And it's seven thirty for me. Yeah, and and what's interesting too, I was listening to this one girl on YouTube. She does the same thing, and I was like, "Damn, is it?" And she's like very like spiritual too. So I wonder, is it are we in alignment with something? Is this something that apparently? And it's like it's not like I don't want to eat. I just I, I'm not forcing it. I'm not like fasting, or I'm not like choosing this as like a diet tactic or anything. I just genuinely don't get hungry and going back to the whole conversation we started this with of like not going to everyone or not letting people tell you how you should be living yeah. or doing things like just because the rest of the world is like, oh, you should have a square breakfast and lunch. Like if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. Like I've definitely had tons of water. I had coffee, but like I haven't been hungry all day. And there'll be some days when I do eat, like, a salad or I'll have a smoothie. Like, I'm not, like, always intermittent. Like, and I don't even realize, like, I didn't realize I was doing that until you kind of filled me in on it. Yeah. Like, I just eat, I just eat when I'm hungry. And a lot of times that means I don't really eat until seven or eight. So if that's not normal, but I think the bottom line is, like, I feel fine. And if I'm not hungry, I'm not just going to force myself to eat something yeah we'll definitely touch base on this because like there's so many i and, and it's it's funny because i got into a whole conversation with my co-workers about that earlier this week 
and oh interesting yeah what it, somebody brought it up and it wasn't it, it was they weren't talking about intermittent fasting or anything like but someone said that um you know that if you severely cut your calories you know it could lead to it could lead to other health problems and i was like hmm i don't know about that is now is that a concept that has been drilled to us all these you know, all these years and we just accept, we just blindly accepted it without actually questioning it or is it right. legitimate? Like, where is it stemming from? Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that in the next show because... Yeah, I'm curious because half the time I'm like, is it healthy that I'm getting, like, most of my calories at night? <laughs> I really don't think it sometimes, matters. Sometimes, like, I guess it doesn't. Like, I always try to force myself to, like, stay awake for at least an hour to two hours after I eat. But then it gets hard if I, like, eat dinner at nine. And then I'm like, I'll I'll be up until, like, 11 or 12, which is not abnormal for me. But then sometimes it's like, sometimes I'll eat, like, at 10. And I'm like, well, now I'm going to have to stay up until 12 or 1. So I'm curious to hear, like, that kind of side of it, too. Because then it's like, you always hear these, like, stories, too, about how, oh, you should have two to three hours before you lay down or go to sleep. That part is true. And, uh, and, and I'll touch base on that more t- more in the next episode about that. But yeah, there is a reason why. Um, it's not necessarily linked to um, weight gain or or um, not being able to sleep at night and stuff like that. There's more to it. Let's put okay. it that way. Yeah, but we'll, well definitely. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, and I'm ready for the next conversation tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. So, um, as far as going back to to kind of like close out the whole episode and stuff like that, we um... totally went sidetracked off of the worry. <laughs> <laughs> it, it went to a happy place. We were talking about holiday tours. It's like you know you can't be. Yeah, that. that's true. But um, as far as worrying, I, I do want to stress that. Um, Worry is a very future-oriented activity. And if you're desiring a more spiritual path, I think to set up that whole uncertainty and anticipation in your mind, you hurt yourself because you're not, now you're living in the future. And you're not even even sure if those events are going to take place. So I think as long as you stay in the present and you realize that you are capable of doing a lot more and be in that positive mindset, then there's really no need to worry. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also just, like, to reintegrate, like, just the whole 24-hour rule. It's like if you are worrying about something for more than 24 hours, and it's easier for me to say, oh, well, only for big circumstances, but I know that there's probably a lot of people that are worried about little things, like minor, minor things. So... I mean, I can't just say only do 24 hours for big things, but, like, I think it's a good rule of thumb to start, like, lessening the worry. And then also knowing that it's, like, whatever you make, like, whatever choice you make, because this is the other thing with, like, the whole FOMO thing. Yep. Fear Fear of missing out if you're not familiar with that term. But, like, when you think of, like, those childhood books, like the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yeah. Like how you could pick different routes and then if you didn't like it, you could go back and do a different route. Same thing is true in life. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're we're living and we're ultimately playing our own choose your own adventure book. So it's like if you go down one chapter, if you go down one road, or if you take a job or if you end a relationship or you start dating someone and then it doesn't work out, 
you can always maneuver and go down a different road or pick a different chapter. Like, so that's the other thing too, like in terms of like not worrying or not stressing yeah. or overthinking, like just kind of let that help you ease your mind because you make a choice, you make a decision, you stop worrying about what's going to happen. And then it's like, I don't know, it's going to help alleviate the worry or the overthinking. Cause it's like, well, if I choose this and it doesn't work out, Hey, I can always go down a different road. Yeah, and it's just like um, it was funny because there's a YouTuber that I listened to, and she she brought up the same point too. And she said that, you know, instead of worrying about for hours about worrying about a situation or trying to make a a decision about something, just do it and see what happens. Yeah, because you you never know. You could save yourself so much time and grief that had yeah. you like years from now worry about whether whether or not if you would have took this path, would we have worked out? Exactly. So yeah, and it goes back to the whole bandaid conversation. Yep, it does. And just rip, rip the bandaid off. Yeah, and just go or, like there. if you need help, like making a decision, just flip a coin. Seriously, yeah. I mean, and, and that's as simple as that as that may appear, or stuff like that. It really does help because it, sometimes we we beat ourselves up for the decisions that we make and decisions that we don't take. And yeah. it's equally as hard. Yeah. And it's like eventually you just kind of make the choice and then you just kind of move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love this whole conversation and I love that whole 24-hour tip. Like, <laughs> that's going to be definitely helpful. Yeah. Even thinking about it in other, you know, I'm pretty other sure instances. other future, yeah, future decisions. But that's awesome. So if you guys are not following us, please do so. We're on SoGab with Ash and Jazz on Instagram, SoGab, Ash and Jazz on Twitter, and our Facebook page. Make sure to like us over there and follow us over there as well. To everybody out there, peace, love. Enjoy your first and soul. And soul. And enjoy your first day of winter. For real. <laughs> if you're not enjoying it right now, light a candle. Think oh, I happy have to thoughts. light a candle. Yeah. Definitely for sure. All right, everybody. Peace.